Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Grandy and Larry in for Willard and Dibs here on this President's Day Monday on 95.7 The Game. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we started talking a little bit about the offseason ahead for the 49ers, uh, talking about the question about Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you brought up some interesting possibilities, potentially a trade of Brandon Ayuk. Maybe the Warriors consider saving some money by by just out and out cutting some veteran pieces to give them some more flexibility uh, financially. The other big question, Larry, for the 49ers is who do they hire to replace Steve Wilkes? Uh, They decided to let him go, a one-year defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, We can talk a little bit about that, but first let's go out to the phone lines. I know Rolando, who's been waiting, wants to talk about that defensive coordinator position. Rolando, what's up? You're on 95.7 The Game. It's Grandy and Larry in for Willard and Dibs. How you doing Rolando Rolando you there oh, he's not there Rolando ah. going once going call, twice call us back Rolando yeah we'll call us back you, Rolando we'll put you back up but this is a major question for the 49ers is that you know who do you replace Steve Wilkes with um and you know I don't it, supposedly they're going to be interviewing people this week and next week um you know, I was. I want to say that I was a little surprised that Wilkes was let go, but I'm not really because Wilkes. You know, look at his. If you look at his Wikipedia, he's had like 23 different jobs in like in like yeah. 25 years, or 20 different jobs in 26 years, or something like that. So he's moved around a lot. So, um, and then watching. That relationship evolved this year between Shane. I mean, it was a tough spot for Wilkes, right? Because it was awkward he, from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, they asked him to come in. Most of the time when you ask a guy to come in, you ask him to run his system. Hey, bring your system and maybe even bring a, an assistant or two with you. Well, the Niners said, hey, we like our system. We like our wide nine. We don't want to change it. We like Chris Kosarek. We don't want to change him. We like Johnny Holland. We don't want to change him. We like our defensive coaching staff. We don't want to change that but we'd like you to come in watch film ask questions you know adapt to our system and make it all work and i i think you got to say overwhelmingly it was a success um they were top 10 in yards per game they were top five in points allowed per game so i mean it's a top five defense as far as points it's a top 10 defense as far as yards it, they were number one last year, so there was only you know the only place you could go was down. Um, but I think overall, you know, Wilkes came in. He did what you know he learned their system. Um, he ran all the games up front, all the stunting and twists and all that up front. He called the coverage on the back end. I think he's out, Grandy, because there was there were multiple times this year where the 49ers front didn't match the coverage. So yeah. you can't speed up Joe Burrow, for example, in week whatever against the Bengals and then play soft coverage. Kind of a soft zone or an off man and just allow, you know, completion after completion after completion. Yeah, if you're ha- if it has you're, to be tied together. If you're expecting the quarterback to have to get the ball out quick because you're pressuring him. You you play tight coverage right. on the receivers. Otherwise, you're giving them the eight yards underneath every right. time. Right, and, and that's what happened. Yeah. If you watch that uh, the Joe Burrow Bengal game, I think he completed completed like 80, 80 or eighty five percent of his passes in that game. It was the best game of the season. Yeah, I mean he was just and he just played pitch and catch. Oh, 
you know, there's Jamar Chase, there's T. Higgins, here's the tight end, here's this guy, here's that guy. I mean, it was just, it was like an exercise in futility. Then the zero blitz the week before against Minnesota at the end of the second yeah. quarter that resulted in Jordan Addison in a in a touchdown right before the um, right before going into the locker room that was obviously a bad move and then Shanahan threw him under the bus. I mean, he basically just came out and said, "Hey, you know, Steve screwed that up, and he understands that he screwed that up." You don't hear head coaches use the term, he screwed that up. Usually, they cover for one another. He wasn't covering for him there. And so, you know, I think that kind of made everybody go, well, wait a second. Is Steve Wilkes going to be a short-timer here? And he was. And he was. was. I don't think he got fired because of the Super Bowl loss. He got fired because, as as you mentioned, uh, some of the disagreements and and the disconnect between the whole defense throughout the entire season. Uh, Rolando is back on the line. Rolando in Napa, now on 95-7 the game. Rolando, can you hear us this time? Yes, I can hear it. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you, man. We got you. What's on your mind? I'm a big fan, Larry. I I listened to you all the way with you and Radich and KBR Day, so I'm happy that you're on 95.7. Appreciate you. always follow you. I listen to your podcast. I'm a big fan. Um, I want to talk about Steve Wilkes and the new defensive coordinator. Um, I I don't have a problem with the, – the, I don't have a problem with what Shan did two days after a lot of people ha- are having that he did after the Super Bowl. My belief is that Shanahan already knows who he wants as defensive coordinator. And I want to ask Larry this question. I really want Belichick to come here, and I've been rooting hard. And I don't think Jed York would – Jed York is willing to pay the money. And like if Larry says, if he wants two years, 25 million, give it to him. My question to you, Larry, is when, when – I'm a little worried about the announcement of who the next defensive coordinator is. I think it should be now. What do you think, Larry? What are you hearing? Is it the next couple of days? I mean, free agency starts pretty soon. Do you have any ideas? Well, I'm I really sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Belichick? Yeah, no, I do too. I, 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 um, I assume it will get done in the next ten days. Um, the key dates for the you know for 49er fans to to keep in mind um, are going to be like February uh, or, or you know February twentieth is the day that teams can designate franchise tags until March 5th. And then February 27th is the scouting combine. And then um, February or March 13th is when free agency begins at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And then the draft is April the 25th. So I, I got to think that they would like to have uh, wh- whoever their coordinator is going to be in you know that should be decided. My guess is before in the next week. You know before they go out to Indy and and start doing the combine. That would be my guess. As far as uh, who who's that going to be? I mean Shanahan is on record as saying in the past, "Hey, if Bill Belichick became available and said he wants one to come to San Francisco, and I was told I had to let someone go to bring him in, that would probably be a smart decision to do that." <laughs> so he's a big fan of Belichick. Belichick's a big fan of his. I know it seems crazy to even suggest that Belichick could do this because. He's Bill Belichick. Um, But I do think it's possible, and here's why. One, there's no cap on what you pay your assistants. Two, he's coached every single year in the NFL since 1975. He will not be coaching in the NFL this year as a head coach. He's not going to the college game. It's hard to picture Belichick yucking it up on TV with Clarissa Thompson and, you know, Richard Sherman and you know you know I just it's, it's it, he's just not made for television. Um, I think he could do it if he wanted to do it, but if you're the 49ers, Belichick made 25 million dollars last year. Shanahan makes 14, so you're not going to pay him more than Shanahan. But if you said to Bill Belichick, here's two years at 12.5, and you can make 25 million for the next two years. Uh, he would have to check his ego at the door, but Shanahan would have to check his ego at the door. Um, the, you know, so I, I would love to see it. I, to me, Belichick is the perfect guy for them. Why? Because Bill Belichick, at his core, is a defensive backfield coach, and then and he's great at developing defensive backfield talent. And the 49ers have Hafanga, Jair Brown, Walmack, Lenore. Mooney Ward, Ambry Thomas. I mean, they got they got six, seven young looter. I mean, they've got a bunch of young defensive backs that Belichick could develop. 
So that's one. Um, and I know Shanahan loves him, and I know Belichick has great respect for Shanahan and Lynch. So I don't know if Belichick's going to sit on the couch and wait for the phone to ring next year or if he wants to actually do something. But I think this is the only defensive coordinator job that he would actually take. Hmm. So that's why I threw his name out. But it still seems somewhat of a long shot. The Niners are still looking for their third defensive coordinator in three years. The other names are Mike Vrabel, who's the ex-Titans assistant coach, ex-Houston defensive coordinator. Titans head coach. Titans head coach, yeah. yeah. uh, uh, Texans defensive coordinator. Daniel Bullocks, who's their Niner DB coach, who's been, he's 40, he's got no play calling or DC uh, experience, but they could promote him. Nick Sorensen has been a coordinator, but he was in Jacksonville as a special team coordinator. He's only been a Niner assistant for two years. A lot of people are throwing his name out. Brendan Staley from the Chargers is a name that has been bandied about uh, in the last 24 hours. I don't think Chris Kacharek wants it. I think he would rather be a defensive line coach. And then two other names to remember. One is Titans corner Cornerback coach Chris Harris, who's a you know really a bright name and the kind of an up and coming young coach, and the other one is Chris Kiffin, who was with the Niners. He's been Houston's linebacker coach, and the reason Kiffin's kind of interesting is that he was the guy that was instrumental in bringing the 49ers uh, Aziz Al Shayir as an undrafted free agent. Al Shayir might be their handpicked choice to replace Greenlaw. Uh, this year, since he knows the defense and still very close to much of the team, he was on the sideline for Niners Packers in the first round of the playoffs. So, if you hired Chris Kiffin, maybe he could convince a guy like uh, Al Shayer to come with him back to San Francisco. Maybe you you kill two birds with one stone. But yeah, I know Belichick seems like a, a pipe dream, and it probably is, but it's definitely worth investigating. And I think if I'm if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm at least putting in the phone call and saying to him, Bill. Look, if you will minimize your ego, I'll minimize my ego. We'll figure out the money part. Come here on a two-year deal. Let's climb this mountain together. Um, and I think it's, at this point, Shanahan understands that it's no longer about an ideal situation. This is year seven for him. It's no longer ideal. He's now, you know, the first go around, he was they were ahead of schedule. Uh, this time they're on schedule. Now going forward, they're kind of behind schedule. So, um, you know, I think Shanahan might be more open minded to a, a name like that than he would have been, let's say, a year or two ago. Well, yeah, I mean, look, if there's a chance you get Bill Belichick as your DC, you go and try to make you it do. happen. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, and I think you would agree it's, it's yeah. more of a long shot than, no than a realistic possibility. I think if you are Kyle Shanahan, and maybe Belichick is um, the one exception to this idea, after what you experienced with Steve Wilkes... You came out last offseason after D'Amico Ryans accepted the Texans head coaching job and you said, all right, what we're looking for in a D.C. is a guy who will run our system because our players love our system. Nick Bosa loves our system. Fred Warner loves our system. Mooney Ward loves... Like, we want our players to be, um, what, be playing what they're used to, which is the system that Robert Sala ran and what Tamika Ryans ran. And then, after saying that, Shanahan went out and hired someone who has never run this system before. And, as you mentioned, kind of forced him into running that system. And it... He was willing to do it. He was willing to do it. Wilkes came here with his eyes open. He knew what the deal was. But no denying that it was kind of awkward from the beginning. You you could kind of see it coming. And Shanahan said, like, the number one characteristic I want out of RDC is a guy to run our system. And yes, they ran the system, but someone who maybe doesn't quite believe in it as much as you do or isn't as familiar with it and can't coach it up as well as your past guys did. And if Shanahan has learned a lesson from that mistake, um, because I feel like the decision to fire Steve Wilkes when the defense wasn't terrible, I think we could all agree it wasn't nearly as good as it was the last handful of seasons, but it wasn't terrible. And the defense certainly wasn't the reason they lost the Super Bowl. The defense was probably the better side of the ball in the Super Bowl. I mean, you held Mahomes and the Chiefs to one touchdown in regulation, and it came off a special teams turnover. That's the only touchdown you allowed the Chiefs offense uh, in the Super Bowl in regulation, of course, before overtime. You did get gashed by Green Bay. You did. and Detroit you in did. the run game and in the Detroit game 
your the your, effort was your terrible. your defense was was Cadillacing it on the back side. So yeah, I agree. That's that's on Wilkes. But, I mean, at least to some degree. I agree. The point is though, if Shanahan has learned something from that mistake, is in my decision firing Steve Wilkes is more of an admission that. Kyle made a mistake hiring him in the first place, hiring someone that isn't familiar with the system. Uh, the lesson learned should be maybe Belichick is the exception to this rule, but the lesson learned should be our right, we got to hire someone who has run this scheme before and who we know believes in it 100% because we just went through kind of a wishy-washy season where we weren't exactly sure what the defensive coordinator believed in running the system or not. You know, I think it may even go beyond that, Grandy. I think Kyle may be in a spot right now where he's like, you know what? I don't care if we stay with the same system. I just don't want to be involved on the defensive headsets. I want to be able to I want to have total confidence that who's ever running whatever defense we're playing is autonomous, hmm. in control. I don't have to delve into it cuz from what I the people that I talked to about the Niners lead up to this to the Super Bowl they just played against Kansas City was that Shanahan was very involved in in the game planning for the defense and I don't think that's what I don't think that's his comfort zone. I think he in an ideal world um, is just has total trust in his defensive coordinator to run the show start to finish top to bottom. I don't think he wants to get on the on the uh, headsets and say, "Hey, you know what?" Cuz you know what we saw in the Super Bowl was he called a timeout yeah. and you could see you could feel he the frustration. He was fried. Yeah. He was mad. He was like, hey, we are not going with that. Pick a different coverage, Steve, because we're not going with that. You know, it's like, um, and I don't, you know, I have no source on that. I'm just going based on following it closely this year and being down there quite a bit. Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think Shanahan is necessarily blaming Steve for everything. Um, I think he just wants to have a coordinator that he fully believes in running whatever scheme. I, you know, like if, if if they went to Bill Belichick and he said, you know what, I don't want to run that scheme. I want to run this scheme. I think if if somebody of that ilk would be willing to take the job, he'd be will Shanahan would be willing to switch the scheme. Do you think the players would be okay with that? Because well, I mean, Nick, they, Nick Bosa has been asked about Steve Wilkes. He's like, yeah, he's great on the back end, and Nick Bosa obviously likes the the scheme that the Niners are currently running. It almost feels like a, it's not quite on the level of of a Steph Curry. Every move that the Warriors make is being run by Steph Curry, but someone like Nick Bosa certainly is going to have, uh, I don't know, a voice in the conversation of who the next DC is. You would think. I mean, they're no not going to want to piss off their their star player based on hiring someone that he doesn't quite believe in or doesn't believe in that system. It's really about the makeup of your defensive line because there are some linemen that are three four linemen and there's other and they're and they're almost like you know three tackles across the front and then you got you know the smaller defensive ends who are really playing like three four outside backers yeah. and they're more in the 240, 250, 260 range. The Niners have gone with like 270, 270 pound, uh, 75 pound defensive ends, much more of a four-three look in the wide nine, where they're you know it's a, it's a different. So it's really about the makeup of your D line. What what makes this so interesting is the Niners have like six or seven free agent defensive line. So many. So like if they go to one scheme, they might say goodbye to a couple of these linemen. If they go to a different scheme, they might say goodbye to a couple of different linemen. So I really think that. They're in a unique opportunity here, and Shanahan understands that, that they have so many uh, free agents. Let's say you have 12 or 13 D-linemen overall. Half of these guys are signed up for next year, but half of them are, are free agents. So uh, if you do find a different scheme that you that you know the coordinator of choice wants to run, then maybe you're looking at different types of defensive linemen in free agency and in the draft. So I'm sure all of these discussions are being had down in Santa Clara over the last few days. I would imagine that they would love to keep the wide nine because Kaseric runs it and they love Kaseric. Uh But I don't think they're wed to it like they have been in the past. That's just my guess. But 
the 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 flip side is as you're talking about there it would not be a repeat of what happened this past year if you hire someone that is familiar or prefers the other system then you you change the system you don't you don't try to force what a square peg in the round hole like you just did this past season i that's my read on yeah. it right there is that that while they'd love to retain their wide nine front and stay with that and there's some sentiment, I'm sure, in the building to do exactly that. That when they start considering all of these defensive coordinators, um, they're going to consider guys who run different schemes. And then there's guys like Belichick that can run any scheme that they want. I mean, you know, you know, and and some guys are flexible and will, you know, hey, I'm a I'm a three four guy, but we ran four three here, and we can do. And a lot of these schemes are hybrids, so it's not necessarily you know a you know one or the other, but like there's other there's coordinators like a Vic Fangio's run the three four almost his entire life. Um, if you're going to go to a Vic Fangio, now he's in Philly now, so they're not going to him. But if they were going to go to Vic, they're going to run the three four. You know, so um, and that means that Nick Bose is now an outside linebacker, and there's got to be some changes in some of the defensive linemen that you draft. As far as instead of drafting guys who are 310 pounds inside, maybe you're drafting guys who are 285 but can play kind of a defensive end in a three-four, and that's what they call the five technique. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's. I think they're all bets are off. Nothing's official. I think they're considering all options. But what is a big deal for this team this offseason is as as you laid out, a number of their free agents play on that defensive line and maybe who they bring back who they retain, who they let walk what other free agents they sign depends on what DC they hire and therefore what scheme that they play Um, but Randy Gregory, Chase Young Javon Kinlaw, Cleveland Furl all free agents and whether Kevin Givens, Kevin I Givens believe, as well, whether uh, or not Sebastian Joseph Day, yeah, they got like six or seven of them. Grandy, it's what, a, they got a lot of a lot of choices, a ton of them. And whether or not they run the four three or the three four, whatever the case is, you know, Chris Kasarik and this Niner team loves to have a ton of depth on the defensive line where they can just swap guys in and out, keep them fresh throughout the game. Uh, they gonna they're gonna have big decisions to make on every single one of those guys. Again, Randy Gregory, Chase Young, Javon Kinlock, Cleveland Furl, those are probably the big four. But as you mentioned, there are others as well. Givens, Chase Young. Yeah, Chase Young and, and Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, that's going to be an area where the 49ers have to make tough decisions. and You have holes that you want to fill elsewhere. And as you were already talking about last segment, uh, with maybe the decision to trade Brandon Ayuk, maybe the decision to save money elsewhere by just out-and-out cutting uh, expensive veteran pieces to save yourself some money and some flexibility, um, you're not going to be able to, to patch every hole to your liking. You're going to have to pick and choose, and we have seen this team prioritize defensive line depth over a lot of other things. I mean, just last offseason, right? They didn't make a single draft pick for an offensive lineman. They signed John Feliciano, who turned out to be a, a pretty good pickup on the cheap. Yeah, played pretty well for them. Maybe they win the Super Bowl if he doesn't get hurt uh, in the Super Bowl uh, because there was a mistake made by Spencer Burford, which is well publicized now because Feliciano took to Twitter to point it out. Um, but they prioritize defensive line over almost everywhere else on this team, and they're going to be in a position again, Larry, where maybe they're forced to do that again because they got so many guys who are free agents on that defensive line, and you know they love their depth there. Yeah, and and one guy who may get cut, who may change their thinking of how they want to structure things, is Joey Bosa. And, and and Joey Bosa has not had a necessarily a very good couple of years with the Chargers, uh, but Joey Bosa obviously Nick Bosa's brother. Uh, would the Bosa brothers want to play together? Would they choose? Would they rather have a Joey Bosa than um, you know than the, the you know Chase Young, Gregory, Cleveland Farrell, any of the free agent options? Uh, Joey Bosa is only twenty eight. He had two years left on his deal. The Chargers are forty five point eight million over the cap. Uh, they've got the fourth worst cap of any team in pro football, and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are both, you know, uh, cap casualty candidates. But Mack's coming off seventeen sacks, 
And Bosa's coming off a year where he, you know, two years where he's played 14 games. He's had nine sacks combined the last two years. So um, I don't think the Niners can afford Joey Bosa if he wants the kind of the kind of uh, cake that he's been making in in L.A. You know, 35 million dollars. But if he's willing to take less uh, to potentially come to a winning team, um, especially if the Chargers cut him loose and he wants to play with his brother. Um, who knows? I mean, it's the offseason. There's any number of ways at this point to kind of reshape your roster. But that's another interesting name to uh, keep track of because the one thing about Joey Bosa is, man, when he's playing at the top of his game, you're talking about one of the premier guys in the sport. Oh, yeah. You know, so, um, and he, you know, he's been hurt a lot. But if and a lot of them have been kind of freak injuries, so if you could somehow make that work, that would be a, you know, I'd rather have Joey Bosa opposite Nick Bosa than re-sign um, Chase Young, Randy Gregory, Cleveland Farrell, you know, lean on Drake Jackson. But we're going to find out how much money there is to spread around. Yeah, I mean, difficult for him to stay healthy. I think the Niners would be very uncomfortable paying him any any decent chunk of money because of his injury history, but there's no doubt, you're right, uh, he is, when healthy, still a, a very quality football player, and the Niners will be in the market for a more defensive line help as well. Alright, uh, 888-957-9570 That is also the Comcast Business text line. It's Mark Randy and Larry Kruger in for Willard and Dibbs on this President's Day Monday on 95.7 The Game. Uh, so we're, We talked about Tough decision around Ayuk and some others. The defensive coordinator decision as well, which will likely be coming down uh, in a matter of days as opposed to weeks uh, because the Niners just simply need to get their offseason going and you're going to have free agency and then you're going to have the draft. You want your coaching staff fully set and that is the one piece left for the 49ers. What, what is the Niners' ideal offseason? You hire a DC, and maybe your answer to this question is hire Bill Belichick, and the rest kind of uh, figures itself out. But if the 49ers are to have a, a successful offseason in terms of personnel and fill some of these holes that are on their roster, what does that uh, include? Because for me, if I'm looking at this team, Larry, and I'm keeping an eye on what cost them in the Super Bowl, I think they absolutely have to make a concerted effort to get much better and to get depth on the offensive line because it was just clear even when they were fully healthy and they had their five starters out there, it was still a weakness. And then you have an injury here, another injury there, uh, and it, it cost them big time in the biggest moment in the Super Bowl. Uh, if this... If this comes down to maybe sacrificing a key offensive piece like a Brandon Ayuk, or, or maybe it is Debo Samuel, for the sake of getting a quality right tackle, maybe a right guard, whatever the situation is, I think they have to absolutely consider doing that because uh, you give this offense, even without one of the weapons, a quality offensive line, a quality right side to go with Trent Williams on the left, um, I think this offense can overcome maybe being down a weapon with the the extra oomph from the offensive line. Yeah, right tackle. I mean, that's the that's where this whole thing begins. They they have to get, you know, a dominating right tackle or at least a, a true starting right tackle. I love Colton McKivitz, great dude, um, and he's a terrific jack of all trades uh, guy. He in an ideal world on a championship team, he's probably like a, you know, he's a lineman that can play everywhere, um, but maybe doesn't start anywhere. Um, and yet on this team, he had to start at right tackle. So right tackle, first and foremost. And and you never see these guys go outside the 20s. So they, they pick like 31. There's a very good chance. It's a great tackle draft, but there's a very good chance that the tackle that they want won't even be on the board when they go to pick. So right tackle is the number one need, I think, of the offseason. Then it's the remaking of the defensive line, and that's obviously tied to the coordinator uh, and what kind of scheme you're going to play. They need help. They need help on defensive end. They need more help at defensive tackle. They got to make some decisions about some free agents. So they got some decisions to make there. Um, in an ideal world, maybe you get one more true number one type corner. You saw what I mean. The Niners have have gone out in free agency and they've gone after like the top guy. Um, if they were really doing the same thing this year, they maybe go after Legarius Sneed or Jalen Johnson, who are two top 
you know, corners, and maybe you go after Kansas City's number one corner. That you know, one quick way to tear them down or to get on their level is take a piece away from them. So I think that could be a look if they move Ayuk. Wide receiver is going to be a position they're looking at. I expect Sam Darnold to walk away. So you'll have Purdy. You probably will have Brandon Allen. They may have to go into the draft or free agency for a number three quarterback. Um, Dre Greenlaw's got a torn Achilles. He's not going to play next year. So they really need a starting inside linebacker next to uh, Fred Warner. Um, that's probably a day one or day two type pick. And uh, and that's pretty much it. I mean, they could probably use another tight end, uh, but they did draft Cam Latou and Braden Willis, so they have some young players there. But it's really right tackle, D-line, number one corner, inside backer. If they can get all those, you know, get their wish list filled on all those things, they're probably right back um, threatening as, you know, I mean, Detroit's getting better. Green Bay's getting better. Um, You know, we'll see about some of the other teams, Philly uh, with different coordinators, uh, Seattle, if they get a quarterback. Um, there's a couple teams besides that, but it's basically the same. You you got a pretty good idea of who it is. It's it's Green Bay, it's Detroit, it's Philly, it's Rams, it's Dallas. Uh, the 49ers, if they if they have a good off season, should be right there with all those teams in the NFC. They they should not be a back. You know, I think the 49ers are going to for sure be a playoff team next year. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, they could be the best team in the conference with a good off season. Yeah, I mean, there's. I feel like there's been. I mean, I, it, it deserved the reaction that it got because this is now the, the second time you've lost in the Super Bowl with Shannon as the head coach. You've gotten so far each of the last four or five years, and, and you failed to win that last game. So there's going to be frustration. This is going to feel like, oh man, are they ever going to get back? But I mean, you still just look at the roster, even without Dre Greenlaw, uh, whatever move they decide to make with Ayuk or whatever the case is, this is still going to be, if not the most talented roster in the NFC, one of the most, and you still have Brock Purdy at an incredibly uh, cheap deal. Uh, this is a, a roster that, if they don't win the NFC West next year, it's going to be a major disappointment. If they're not a top, obviously you win, win a division, you're going to be a top four seed in the NFC. If they're not a top two seed in the NFC, it's probably disappointing as well. I mean, they're still so incredibly talented, despite the fact that you're already not going to be as healthy as you were last year, because Greenlaw, as you mentioned, has a torn Achilles and will likely miss the whole entire season. But this isn't like a sky-is-falling moment, and you're wondering if they're going to be a playoff team again. If they're even somewhat healthy, this team will be right back in the playoffs and maybe have a home playoff game or two. And and Brock Purdy's going to get better. I mean, the one thing about Brock Purdy this year, he had no offseason. He had to rehabilitate his elbow. You know, he's going to show up next year in camp a little bit more sudden, a little quicker, a little stronger, uh, a little bit more arm strength, a little bit more mobility. I think you're going to see his athleticism improve. He'll have better knowledge of this offense. So it's really just about, you know, fixing, you know, getting him that building block, you know, bookend uh, tackle to protect him. And if you have to move Ayuk to get that piece, maybe one more receiver uh, to really help him. And offensively, you're pretty set. you got a pretty good offense. It's the rebuild of the defensive front seven that's going to take some... it's going to take some attention, whether it be free agency, the draft. Um, they got a, they got a real good back end, but their front seven is, especially the depth of their front seven, is very much uh, speculative at this point. So they they're really going to have to build that up. I got a question for you. I feel like around this time of the year. Um the last couple of seasons, we've heard the rumors that John Lynch, considering going back to the TV booth, right? Like Amazon trying to sway him away, or Fox, or CBS, or whoever. We haven't heard that conversation, that, that rumor yet. Is, is, he, is he still dedicated long-term to being here? Or does, or does I think he's more dedicated than ever, actually, because when we talked to Jed, Jed uh, York a couple weeks ago in the, in the media room, he said he expects John and Kyle to be with the 49ers for years to come. The Niners, I really kind of believed 
were I thought Lynch was a short timer. I thought yeah. they would climb to the top of the mountain. He would, you know, he's got a great family. He's got a great life. He lives in San Diego. Um, he can be making millions upon millions in a radio booth, working right. a couple of days a week. Right. Like. I mean the and and the Amazon thing. I mean, you know, anybody who's ever worked in football, these guys work. They show up at five a.m. and they're there till five p.m. for sure. Um, and they're there till 10 p.m. often, and they're there till 1 a.m. sometimes. Yeah, and that's a that's a you know that's not a that's not an easy job. You yeah. know when you gotta have to love it. You're really all in. Love it. You're all in. Yeah, and and the TV gig is is totally well you know high paid, and the the hours are so much easier. And there's gonna be some moves in in the football broadcasting world this offseason. And John Lynch is you know John Lynch has went to Stanford. He's coveted. He's a Hall of Famer. And he's already been on TV. Right. He's he's already. It's not like you gotta wonder. Hmm. I wonder if yeah. he'd be good at this. He's, he's really good at he's it. He's already good at it. But I think there's something to be said for. Um, doing do you know doing football for real as opposed to theoretical yeah you know we are all doing it theoretically he's doing it for real but when um i thought when rand carthon went to tennessee that that was an indication that adam peters was going to be the guy who took over hmm. for lynch but now that bob myers went to washington and brought uh peters with him there now there is nobody really looking over John's shoulder. I think they'll promote some young guys from within. They've got a couple of really talented young evaluators that they like. Um, and I think John's going to be here. I, I would say he probably, I haven't asked him this, but I would bet anything based on what I've heard mm. that he has recommitted to Jed and changed his timeline to say, you know what? I'm going to see this through to completion. I'm going to be here long term, whether that be five years, six years, seven years. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's changed his timeline um, as far as what he's committed to the 49ers and and to be the GM. I really do believe. He's do you think it. the the Adam Peters move to Washington to become their new GM? Is a is a signal of that that there's been in, internal conversations that yes. John told Adam, yeah, I'm not going anywhere anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, because Adam Peters is from Cupertino, and I think he passed up other opportunities to grow and to get and to maybe become the GM of the Niners, right? Because I think he was looking at that yeah. as the natural progression. But I think Lynch has said, hey, you know what? I want to be here. I want to be here. I'm enjoying this. I'm all in on this, and I want to be here. I don't think he's a short time. I think maybe there was some thinking, how will I do in this? And we'll, maybe I'm a short timer, and maybe I'll just do this for a little bit. And But I think John. I think John's going to give it a full – I mean, if you ask me, I would say he's probably told Jed, I'm going to be here for the next five or six years. Well, that's a good sign because there has been legitimate speculation the last two off-seasons that he was considering – and like legitimate yeah. conversations, legitimate reporting that he was in conversations, deep conversations with, I think it was Fox at the time, because that's yeah. where he was before he was the Niners GM. And now, I mean, something's changed. Maybe losing the Super Bowl is what keeps John Lynch around. Who knows? Well, or just, you know, the fact of the matter is he's grown into the position well. I mean, they've done... The 49ers have a great equation right now. And when I when I say that, what I mean is they understand the compensatory deal. So let's say they have 10 free agents or 15 free agents. I'm looking at a list here. They have at least 15. They have 15 free agents. They're going to let like 13 of those guys walk. And they're going to re-sign like two of them. And then they're going to go out in, in the free agent market, and they're going to find one guy that they really love, and they're going to go sign him for big money. And maybe it's LeJarrius Sneed. Maybe it's some other great player. And then a couple of those compensatory picks turn into people like Kittle and Hufanga and or then, Brock Purdy. Exactly. So they let 13 free agents walk. They re-sign two. They go sign one premier guy. And then they work that compensatory formula and get four extra draft choices. And so they always have a young, kind of burgeoning roster that's getting better. And it's very developmental. So I, I just think that they're right now they're doing free agency well. They understand they're doing it well, and that combined with the draft, where they're finding guys on day three and after the draft, their roster equation is is damn good. I mean, think about it. The 49ers had one of the deepest teams in pro football this year, and they also had one of the most star-laden teams in pro football yeah. this year. And usually it's one or the other. And right now they got both. They didn't lose to Kansas City because they didn't have talent. They lost to Kansas City for other reasons. But they've got a pretty good roster. They know what 
what they're doing there, and um, I think they're going to try to replicate that for the next couple of years and and get themselves a ring. Yeah, and that's a credit to John Lynch, uh, the architect, along with Kyle Shanahan, of course, uh, building this Niners roster. All right, time for our final break of the show. It's Grandy and Larry in for Willard and Dibs today. Uh, what's coming up on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. How about a little bit of Giants talk? Some baseball. What? Spring training is here, Let's right? Do it. Uh, Giants, are they done in the free agent market? They, they can't be, right? God. We'll get into that on the other <laughs> side as Willard and Dibs continue. <laughs> it's Grandy and Larry filling in on a President's Day Monday. More coming up next on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Final 10 minutes of the show. It's Mark Randy and Larry Kruger in for Willard and Dibs today on this President's Day. Willard and Dibs will be back tomorrow and for the rest of the week uh, as usual here on 95.7 The Game. Larry, uh, it's been really fun with you today, man. We got a little bit more to get into, but it's been a fun show. Seriously, we've had a good time and uh, man, it's gone by fast. It's almost 6 o'clock. I know, right? Um, So I want to get into some San Francisco Giants talk before we get on out of here. Spring training is underway. Uh, the Giants may be uh, their second biggest move of the offseason recently. They signed Jorge Soler. It officially uh, it became official just a couple of days ago uh, as the Giants are, are getting set for the season down in Scottsdale. Uh, Jorge Soler, a nice addition. No one is denying that. Hit, what, like 36 bombs last year for yep. the Marlins? A, a, a really good player, a right-handed power bat, something the Giants have lacked for a really long time. Uh, he was an all-star. Oh, yeah. He, he was really, he's been good for... For a couple of years now, for a few years now, and he was healthy last year, played almost every single game, is likely going to slot in as this team's everyday DH. I wouldn't expect to see him too much out in the field, uh, but something that caught my eye this weekend following uh, Alex Pavlovich's stuff on NBC Sports Bay Area, does a great job covering the Giants uh, for NBC Sports Bay Area, uh, chatted with Farhan Zaidi. And I want to read this quote to you because I, I'm sure it's going to, um, I don't know, upset you just a little bit because <laughs> it upset me, and I think it upset a lot of Giants fans. Okay. Uh, this is Farhan from Alex Pavlovich of NBC Sports Bay Area talking about potentially adding more free agents. He said, quote, uh, tomorrow, meaning today, is our first full squad workout, and it gets kind of harder, not just operationally, to add people, but you feel some level of commitment and obligation to the guys who are here competing for jobs. It's a little bit more disruptive to add, and at this point and anybody who is a free agent we've theoretically had three and a half months to figure out a deal and if it hasn't happened yet at some point organizationally you just need to turn the page and focus on the players you have in-house 
And it seems to me, Larry, like the Niners aren't banking on signing one of the big free agents left out there. Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, to name a few. It seems like Farhan might be accepting that their offseason is just about done. I disagree. I disagree. I, I, I think you, that's... You think you think more is happening, or yeah. you disagree with Farhan's reasoning? No, I, I think more is happening. Okay. I think that's posturing, man. I think that's posturing. I mean, let's be honest, Grandy. Scott Boris has had baseball by the, you know... The you-know-whats. The you-know-whats yeah. the entire offseason. I mean, he's just... I mean, you, to the point where Rob Manfred is like, hey, we're going to change the rules next year, man. We're changing the rules, mm-hmm. and we're going to make a December... I mean, the NBA can have a signing period. Uh, football can develop a signing period. Baseball gets led around by the nose by like five different power agents. And could you imagine if your job was to sell season ticket packages for the San Francisco Giants? Have you seen the promotional videos they've been putting out? It's Logan Webb saying, we got new faces all over the place, and they cut to a cartoon image of Jung-Hoo Lee. I mean, you know... Yeah. Like that's all That's all they have right now. I mean, you're, you're touting a, a KBO hitter who may or may not... I mean, that's a monumental risk giving that kid $19 million a year. Now, I hope he's good, but he better be damn good at $19 million a year. He's be your starting center fielder and batting leadoff like every single game. Yeah, if he's and, not good, it's a disaster. And what it, from the people that I've talked to that watched him in the KBO, they said he's kind of a pie thrower, that he doesn't have much of an arm. So this is one of the biggest center fields in all of baseball. What if this kid's a left, what if he's a left fielder? And then, well, that that's not going to be as good. What if he's not really a leadoff hitter? What if he's more like a... You know, hopefully he's like a 295, 300 type hitter. But what if he's a 270 type hitter or 268 hitter and he doesn't throw all that well and he's got to play left and he's got, instead of hitting leadoff, he hits 7, 8, 9. So I don't know. That's a, bit, that's a major risk. But I think Farhan's just tired of Boris. Farhan wants a deal. Farhan um, doesn't want to overpay. He It's not just about getting guys. It's about getting guys at the right price. So he got Jorge Soler on a three-year, $42 million deal. I'm sure he would love to have Cody Bellinger or Matt Chapman or Blake Snell or one of these guys, but he wants them on a reasonable deal and not a crazy deal. Um, I think they'll they'll still add another piece. That'll be my question. That'll be my my feeling on it. Either one more starter, one more outfielder. I mean, your outfield right now is Yaz and Conforto and Jung Hoo Lee. I mean, that's that that you know that ain't scaring anybody. So we'll see, we'll see. But I I, I kind of think he's posturing. Um, I think he'll likely make a move. Um, to add at least one more bat and one more arm, but at the end of the day, I still think they're competing for you know to take down the Padres. I think the Diamondbacks and Dodgers are not in their category, not not in any way, shape, or form. I think the Giants are at best the third best team in their division, probably more like the fourth best team in their division. So, um, you know, they get their hands they get their hands uh, full trying to put this thing together. I do like Solaire though. And I'm excited to see Jung-Hoo Lee. I'll tell you, I liked Amir Garrett, a lefty reliever they picked up the other day who throws real hard. Um, I think they've made some decent moves, but you know, overwhelmingly, Farhan is terrible at sales, which is under-promise and over-deliver. He over-promises and under-delivers, and it's why so many Giants fans are always at his throat, because he's talked a big game and yeah. delivers very little. Yeah, I think... The offseason has largely been a good one. It's just it's it didn't come close to living up the living up to the expectations that Farhan set for it. I mean, they they replaced Gabe Kapler with Bob Melvin. That's a good move. Bob they went Melvin, af- they went after uh, Otani and, and didn't get him, obviously. Uh, but things that they actually did: Bob Melvin, Jung Hoo Lee, Jorge Soler, Jordan Hicks, a flamethrower like who, who they hope to turn into a starter, which uh, I don't love. I'd rather see him in the eighth, but whatever. And then you acquired Robbie Ray, a former AL Cy Young Award winner. Now he's going to be out until like July because right. he's overcoming uh, great Tommy trade, John. though. Great yeah. trade. I mean, you move Scafani and Hanniger. Yeah, who were going to do nothing for you this season anyway, right. most likely. And and you get a, a veteran reliever or pitcher, starting pitcher, who you hope you can rely on for the second half of the season. Uh, uh, but you have the injury to Robbie Ray. You have the current injury to Alex Cobb. He's probably going to miss maybe the first month, maybe a little bit more of the season. Uh, your starting pitching rotation, without those two to start the season, you have Logan Webb, and then you're looking at probably Jordan Hicks, Kyle Harrison, Keaton Wynn, and Tristan Beck. 
as your other starters. They also have that Ryan Walker kid who they True. you know use as an, as an opener. opener. But they also have Carson Wisenhunt and Mason Black and they need and a starter. They, Give they me Blake they, Snell. Come yeah, they on. need a starter. I don't know if they need Blake Snell. I'd take um, who was that guy who threw the no hitter, Lorenzen. I'd take mm. Lorenzen. You know, Jordan they, Montgomery is also Jordan out Montgomery. There. I mean, they need a they need a starter. They don't need the starter, but they need a starter. Um, but I look at Joey Bart probably going to get traded. At some point, um, you know Bailey and Tom Murphy are going to and, and Sable will be yeah, the catchers. They signed catchers. Tom Murphy this offseason. They just I mean, got Tom Murphy. If that's not a sign to Joey Barth, then I don't know what is. But I mean, this team's got to go get a you know go after a guy like Bellinger. I mean, who's playing first base for the Giants? Lamont Wade and and Wilmer Flores. Flores coming off a great year, but I think it's crazy to think he's going to replicate that. And Lamont Wade. I mean, you know that that he's nice, but I wouldn't I wouldn't prevent me from going after Cody Bellinger. And then in the outfield, who knows what they're going to have? I mean, it's Solaire as your DH, and then Jung Hoo Lee left, Jung Hoo Lee in center, and Yaz in right as, yeah. it, as it currently stands. Yeah, and I'm not a big Yaz guy. I mean, Yaz has not been very good the last couple of years. Slater, Ramos, Meckler. You know, the interesting guy is Luis Matos. He's put on a ton of upper body I saw weight. That. And I don't know if it's good weight or not, but I liked him last year. So we'll see. I think they're one big Bellinger type. I mean, if they get Cody Bellinger, now I think you could be excited. Yeah. If they don't get Cody Bellinger, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're leaning on kind of a lot of the same guys from last year. You weren't great last year. To me, it, on paper, it looks like a team that's going to win 75 to 80 games. And is that good enough? I don't know. Probably I'm, not. Probably Giants probably fans not. are not going to be too happy with that. Yeah. All right, Larry. That's all the time we got today. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and thanks for coming in. Appreciate it, Larry. Absolutely, man. Thank yeah. you. Been a ton of fun. Thanks to everyone for tuning in here on this uh, President's Day on 95.7 The Game. Thanks as well to Lucas Alexander behind the glass running uh, the last two shows here on 95.7 The Game. Been a ton of fun. For Larry, for Lucas, my name is Mark. Thanks so much for tuning in. Willard and Dibbs back tomorrow here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.